I'm very happy to meet you, General J. Skin Moneybags. What up, Adjutant? How you doing? Good. Yeah, uh, you can just call me B. You don't have to call me Adjutant. Well, that's, that's a fun. weird name. I don't know. What's up, Adjutant? Adjutant uh, B. Yeah, B. Yeah. Adjutant. The Adjutant. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm going to be assisting you with Operation... It's Operation Blowies. Blowies. You're reading that right, B. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you what it means. We're, we're probably going to have to workshop it a bit, but it's Blast Local Organizations with Interstellar Explosive Sludge. But this is nuclear waste. Why Interstellar? I couldn't come up with anything else for the eye. Interstellar seems cool, though. Have you seen Interstellar? Best movie ever. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, so we're just, wait, we're going to be blowing this up Oh, you're, you're going to love this, yeah. I've come up with this whole thing on my own. You know, everyone's like, J-Skin, General J-Skin, Commander J-Skin, what are we going to do about this, uh, about all this waste sludge, all this nuclear waste? And I was like, oh, well, you're going to blow, blow it out, you're going to toss it into space, you're going to put it into the ocean? Nah, dumbasses. I'm going to dig a hole under Mount Katahdin. Who the fuck goes to Mount Katahdin anyway? A and I'm going to blow it up. A state park. That's fine, though. Oh, state park? It's already in our jurisdiction, baby. That's easy. You can't do that. Yes, I can. No one's going to know about this. How so, did you get promoted to general? Money bags, baby. That's in my name. <laughs> I don't think anything bad's going to happen with this. It'll just get blown up under, under the mountain. But, uh... This stuff is proven to give you five new cancers. People have eyeball cancer now. Okay, um, here's my notice. Hello! Welcome to an extra energy homegrown Grown horror. horror! I have energy now that everything is off my plate because <laughs> show's open. And then I immediately passed my exam after recording last week. You so just got everything done on your checklist. I just did. Boop, 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 all I'm good. Fucking thrilled! Like I have been sleeping great. I have like, it's great. B's got new hair. Yeah. Oh, I'm the co-host. I'm Jackson, a co-host. <laughs> yes, I have new hair. It is green and blue. There's a little bit of blue. in Oh, there. I do see a little bit of blue in there. I am a swamp goddess. <laughs> Or I look like a piece of seaweed. Either way, I'm on board with it. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, I think you could probably fool a couple of fishermen, lobstermen. You just put on one of those. You get one of those mermaid tails. Have you seen them? Yes. The ones you just slip over. Uh-huh. Yeah, you could get one those of those. Those are fucking hella expensive, though. They are. My aunt has one. Really? Yeah. She. Uh, I think there are places like in Florida where you can rent one. Really? Oh yeah. I feel I'm like sure. there has to be. You could probably go to some like. I'm sure, like, some resort has, like, a mermaid hour or something like that. Oh, there uh, are, I like it, too, because there are people who actually um, have jobs as mermaids. Yeah. Where they, it's sort of like, they have these big tanks, like, in restaurants or something, and they'll just swim around in the tank. Like, these women, like, learn how to hold their breath for, like, fucking five minutes. Did you see that, like, old footage of the Captain Nemo ride in Disney World? No. Or it might have been Disneyland. Either way, though, there was, um... There's this Captain Nemo. Oh wait, ride. is it the uh, five thousand uh, twenty thousand leagues under the sea? I think it was changed into that. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I know it, about that. It's ride. that area. I know like, about that ride. I think it started as Captain Nemo and then became, or is that the same thing? I don't know. It's it's because Captain Nemo is the the guy from twenty thousand leagues. Okay, yeah. So yeah. then yes, and I'm a literary idiot, and <laughs> but there was uh they had mermaids that they would like hire to be near this ride and they'd be like yes. swimming out on the rocks I love but it. they got rid of that because you know it's hard to be swimming feel... like that for six hours yeah workers comp <laughs> a lot of sunburns <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah i never got to i never got to um see the twenty thousand leaves under the sea ride but apparently it was really cool and the other thing that it like it when it opened it was one of the most popular attractions. Like back when they had the the, the ticket system, they had e, yeah. e through A. And yeah, it was an e-ticket ride and it was bumping. When did they phase that out, the the, e, the ticket system? 
I don't know. Go watch Defunct Land's video on the Fast Pass. <laughs> I fall asleep to it every night. Here's the, okay. So you know how you were like, holy shit, this two hour long Berserk video. Yeah. That, that is literally the the Fast Pass video from Defunct Land is literally two hours. I fall asleep to it every single night. Seriously? Yes. That's not an exaggeration. You no, fall I to fall asleep night. to it every single night. Does, is it why? I like his voice and also okay. like there's something I don't know what it is there's just something about it that is just like comforting I used to watch a video from uh, like facts and history facts and history the one that I used <laughs> to fall asleep to and sometimes if I'm having a really rough time I'll still put it on is Brutal Moose's video on the logical adventure of the Zumbinis the Zumbini. <laughs> they're little blueberry people. What? I'll have to show it to you at some point. But yeah, they're little blueberry people. And like, it's it's one of those like old 90s computer games. Okay. And Like your Carmen Sandiego's. Yes. Your uh, Pajama Sam's. Yes. Mm-hmm. In, that, in that sort of vein. But the idea is, so they're the Zumbini people and they live happily in Zumbini land and... Then um, these people come and they're like, oh, we can like make your trade better. And they're like, sure. But then they get enslaved. So then, <laughs> so then they're trying to escape and it's your job to like go through and like help them get to a new, like build a new home. But you have to take group, like a group of like 16 each time. And um, there are puzzles and so you can either, you can lose Zumbinis along the way. <laughs> um, but I, sometimes when I'm having a really rough time, I'm like, I was like, do you want me to put on Zumbinis? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm a child. Uh. But yes. So the other thing is, so I have a gift for you for your birthday. I know it's a little ways off, but I'm like brimming with excitement i'm so, i'm so excited but, and nervous to open this on on the pod but yes, but yes. be insisted yes be i insisted. insisted so here's my favorite bag i want it back okay <laughs> so like i'm gonna give this right back to you yes you are you can take what's <laughs> by in the, it but... by the way the bag is like donuts a, it's donuts but it's like a little uh, more fun than that it's got a little glitter on the, all the donuts i have used this bag several times over the course of like maybe four or five years and i always i'm like give it the fuck do you want the paper? Creepy paper? Creepy paper's nice. Creepy paper. Creepy. Oh, what's this? Woo! It's a big old bag of coffee. It's a Mothman's Red Eye Blend from the last podcast on the left. I fucking love this. I didn't know they made coffee. Yep, so it's through a brand called Springfield Jack Coffee Roasters. Oh. And they have an ad for this on their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like... Fuck. I need this for Jackson. I love this. I fucking love coffee. I, I, and I know we've yeah. also said, you know, we've made jokes about Mothman on the podcast. We cover cryptids. Ooh, good. So I'm like, this is right in line. And you're also a big coffee drinker. Yes. I drink coffee every day. Oh God, it smells so good. <laughs> and also, I fucking love last podcast on the left. And I... You want to drink with that? <laughs> yes, give me. <laughs> Uh, I know you're not a big coffee. I'm drinker. not a coffee drinker, but it does smell good. Does I used smell to work, yeah, and I also used to work as a barista for a short time. But yeah. oh yeah, okay. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid in all of us, giving us the energy to haunt the TNT mines until the sun comes up. <laughs> I love which this is name. Jackson. Jackson's is gonna me. haunt those TNT mines. I am going to. <laughs> this is part one of two of your gift. I said the other one is coming really late, so I wanted to give this one to you early. Well, thank you very much. This is. This is gonna go fast, and I love it. Like, yes. uh, but I always let us know how coffee. it is because Allegra's interested, and she wants. She just wanted you to try it first. Okay, for but, sure. Yeah, I saw. It, I was listening to one of their more recent episodes a, a little while ago, and I was like, "This is perfect." <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big this fan is of perfect. like. Uh, I've I've had a lot of like I. I I typically go for like a random, like a pretty local thing or whatever. Like, um, yeah. Like, there's a couple New England roasters around here, but, uh, yeah, no, it's like I've had the Death Wish coffee. Have you had the Death Wish coffee? Or like, you know, I don't drink. Yeah, no, you don't drink coffee. <laughs> it's really intense. Like, yeah, you, you're gonna be shitting your pants all day. <laughs> <laughs> Allegra's reading a book called This Is Your Mind on Plants by Michael Pollan, 
my kind of opinions on Michael Pollan notwithstanding, it's very interesting. And there's a section. So what it talks about, it talks about three different types of plants. Um, one of, or like just sort of like it has, it talks about opiates and then it also talks about caffeine. I can't remember mm. what the other one is. Don't ask me. I think it might be mushrooms, but so there's a whole section on coffee and are you familiar with, I don't know his first name, but Balzac? No. The author? So the only so. reason I know who Balzac is is because there's a, they, they, he's mentioned in the Music Man. <laughs> Was he written? <laughs> Fuck if I know. But so there was a point in time, like in the, I think this is in the 17 or 1800s, and men were obsessed with coffee. Hmm. Like there's this whole, there's also this whole war of the sexes with coffee because women were like, my guy is out all night at the coffee bar fucking drinking coffee and then he comes home and can't fuck me. <laughs> That's literally it. They're like, he is now impotent because of the coffee. He's just drinking too much coffee. And then the men were like, oh, how dare you? Coffee is good for my body and it helps with my virility. And maybe it's your fault that your man can't get it up <laughs> it's really funny there were a lot of like letters from these like men and women's coalitions back and forth oh fighting God, about if coffee truly makes men impotent and like not able to yeah perform in bed but so balzac was like ob fucking obsessed with coffee he would drink 12 cups a day mm -hmm. and he was like this is what you, you know, right. It's good for writing. It's like, it's good for, you know, writing and getting those like juices flowing and it's good for your virility and your health and blah, blah, blah. But he wrote this thing and he was like, he, and obviously they had no idea about the human anatomy at this time because he said that within the velvety lining of the stomach, there are little succulent suckers <laughs> that, he suggested just grinding up a bunch of coffee beans and ingesting them whole, like just ingesting that because then the coffee grounds would like cover the little suckers and send like sparks through your body and like get it going faster. <laughs> and it, he was saying like an explosion and he's like an explosion and then Allegra cuts in and says, out the ass. <laughs> that is the only thing that's going to happen here. <laughs> if you are eating coffee grounds straight. <laughs> yeah, no, you're the next two hours is on the toilet for you, bud. <laughs> but yeah, don't, so don't do that with that. <laughs> Wasn't planning on it, but thank you for the warning. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I forgot to mention this and it'll be a quick thing, but, um, and I feel bad for not mentioning in the last episode, but my brother ran the Boston Marathon and he did yes! okay. He did great. I saw great. your picture. It was very cute. Yeah. Isn't it cute? <laughs> yeah. 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 He was like uh, three hours, 14 minutes. To awesome. Do the marathon. I don't know what the average time is, but I feel like I wouldn't be able to do it in three hours. I feel like most people would like get it in four hours. Like, I don't so know. So he did pretty good. But. He did really well, yeah, but awesome. apparently you need, you need to be like 310 or lower to qualify for the next marathon. And he was trying to get it to that. Oh, you were saying time. I was like, I thought you were talking about height. No. It's like you are too tall to ride You're this too, ride. You have to be three feet, ten inches to participate. I should have known, like, but my, that's just how my brain like translated that information. <laughs> <laughs> you are too tall to ride this ride. Yeah, but he okay. did well. It was nice seeing yeah. him. He crushed yeah. it. I bet a lot of money on him, so yeah. things aren't going well. No, I did find out that, um, I found out from one of my underwriters who is, he's, he's based in Massachusetts, and we were on the phone, you know, just kind of wrapping things up for the week, and he's like, hey, do you guys do Marathon Monday? I was like, what? Oh. And then oh, he was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> probably not then, since you don't know what it is, but I guess in Massachusetts, it's kind of like a bank holiday, like everything close either they close for the day or they close at noon because of the boston marathon pretty much every in massachusetts pretty much every like commercial not every business will close like some will stay open because they'll make bank yeah. but like nearly 
any kind of like large business yeah. will shut down because just people like cannot was, get around. Yeah, he was talking about like banks and uh, also like because we're an insurance company, so he was like, "Y'all closing? Like, <laughs> can I peace out at noon for Marathon Monday?" And I'm like, "We don't no. do that here." <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, because like all the insurance companies here close, <laughs> all the agencies and the carriers, they all close." Like, sorry, man, you're just gonna have to hope no one calls the afternoon. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he also he he you know he has Massachusetts, but he also is like the sort of area where it's Vermont and Vermont, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, like that kind of little nestled area. It's like, no, sorry, your your uh, New Hampshire agents are still gonna call you. <laughs> Sorry, sorry buddy sorry. yeah they they don't stop for the boston marathon, marathon either you know where do you where's the line you know i'd say the immediate metropolitan area of boston can shut down yeah everywhere else yeah know. sorry bud <laughs> yeah so i don't have a really good um no segue. no no but you don't. <laughs> so i will say that i started doing my research and I said that I was going to do sort of like mythical creatures because I, it is going to come later because I was going to do this for around like May 1st and then right. I totally fucked up because May 1st is Beltane, which is the height of spring and I was going to do uh, Wabanaki elves mm-hmm. <laughs> and I still am going to do it another time. It's very lighthearted. We had two kind of lighthearted episodes, two weeks of lighthearted and then I was like, nah, I don't need a third week of lighthearted. So we're doing the disappearance of Mary Catherine Olenchuk. Oh boy. <laughs> and part of the reason why I wanted to do it is because I wanted to do it kind of close to Mary uh, Ellen Tanner. Because very often these two are linked. Yeah. It's roughly the same area. Roughly the it? same area. Both happened in the 70s. However, right. this one takes place in 1970. Like, on the dot. Oh. Hmm. So, great way to start the 70s. But also, like I said, this time period in not only Maine, but also New Hampshire, a lot of fucking murder and disappearances that are still cold. Like, a lot of cold cases in the 70s. Yeah. In this kind of... And Vermont, like, in this tri-state area is not great. So, Mary Catherine Olenchuk was the youngest of three girls. She was 13 years old, and she was shy. Her dad, Major General Peter George Olenchuk, said she was trying hard to be 14. I do think it's interesting because unlike a lot of, like, a lot of other people who disappear, like, the sort of narrative is they, they light up a room. Yeah. They are very gregacious and outgoing. Like, she is kind of precocious, but she's very shy, doesn't really trust people, is very wary. And I think that's very different for sort of a lot of these stories. And, you know, she had an Irish setter, and they were best friends, Aww. and she was just a 13-year-old girl. What was the dog's name? I don't remember. Okay. A lot of people just said she was always with her Irish setter. <laughs> Unnamed, Unnamed Irish, Irish setter. <laughs> and also she had red hair and it had red fur, like red fur, and so they matched. <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing a lot of uh, articles said. My mom matches with her dog. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, have you seen a picture of my mom? Uh, yes. She has like big flowing hair that kind of hangs out on the side of her head. It's kind of, it kind of froze out. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But uh, she has a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Oh, that yeah. <laughs> has, it's, it's a Blenheim variety, so it has that, like, same Auburn kind of tone. Yes. And big flopping ears, and it's like, yeah. You match. You match. I think there was a Geico commercial or something where it was, like, people matching with their pets, and they were all, like, really. She actually, that here's another funny fact about that. Uh, when she lived in Sun River, Oregon, they have a annual contest of owners looking like their dogs. She won <laughs> first place. Oh, no. I don't know if I want to win that. <laughs> but we're best friends. It's uh. fine. So in August of 1970, Mary, her mother, and her two sisters, Jane and Nancy, who were both in their late teens, 
They were all vacationing in their summer cottage in a gunkwet. Their family was stationed in Joliet, Illinois, because her dad, I said he was a major general, so he's part of the army there. Live on an army base. Is he the very model of the modern major, major, major general. general? Yes, he is. At the time, they would spend their summers in Maine, get away from the Midwest, come to the ocean. They had been doing this for a few years. Yeah. To the point where the local, a lot of the locals knew the family, and Mary was pretty recognizable with her red hair. And it was supposed to be just another idyllic summer, you know, out in a gunkwit. Such a, like, a gunkwit's such a nice area. And it's it just is, like, yeah. You know, and I can only imagine, like, that kind of small town summer feel even more in the 70s, probably. But it was not going to continue to be an idyllic summer for Mary on the 9th. She was out at Little Beach with her mother and her sisters, and she decided to go back to the cottage on her own. She wanted to borrow her neighbor's bicycle so she could go uh, ride through town, and then she wanted to pick up some penny candy and mm-hmm. also a copy of the New York Times because there was a at the time like at the time it wasn't very easy to get out of state newspapers, but there was one hotel that actually sold them. So she was planning on going to this hotel and then to the general store and then just loop back around home like pretty easy journey mm-hmm. a couple root beer candies and uh the financial I, section i fucking love root beer candies <laughs> they're pretty good yeah underrated candy yes there's at least one local that remembers seeing her in town brenda blake who is the owner of marginal way house she recalled that her interaction with mary was nothing more than a wave but it was still very vivid mm-hmm All was going according to plan. Mary had successfully obtained her loot. She was on her way home. She was about 200 yards from the cottage when she is stopped by a man in a maroon 1967 Chevrolet by the lookout motel. What a grown man wants to ask a 13-year-old girl about? I don't know, but she stops and she talks to him. I don't think stranger danger is a thing yet probably not as much especially around here yeah so because they're close to the motel there is a woman on the third floor who reports seeing a red-haired girl on a bicycle speaking to a man in a car Mm -hmm. she turns away for a moment and when she glances back the girl is getting into the car Mm. abandoning her bicycle in an alcove near the building which they later find the bike and they identify as the bike that Mary was using. There's, yeah, I, I, I hear you. That's kind of, I do think of stranger danger. Like the, oh yeah, just get rid of your bike. It's like, oh yeah, your mom called and said, blah, blah, blah. And we don't know what, yeah. what he said to her. I do, and it's, yeah, we'll just put a pin in it. We're going to talk about it a little mm-hmm. bit yeah, later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Mary didn't return home by 7 p.m. Her mother, Ruth, was quite worried. And she reports Mary missing by 7.15. But police remain quiet about the disappearance for two days. Which is really weird. Like, it's not weird for the 70s. But... This situation is also different because they, unlike other people who go dis- who disappear at this time period, you hear a lot of, oh, well, they can run away if they want. Oh, they're just a runaway. Like, we don't, they'll be back. Like, whatever. They'll realize they can't make it on their own. They'll be back. Don't worry about it. They were expecting a ransom. For Mary. Whoa. Shit. So her father, Peter, Major General Peter, at the time he was a brigadier general, he had been recently tasked to Operation Chase in Maryland. This is, uh, Operation Chase is also known as Cut Holes and Sinkum. The goal of the program was to dispose of unwanted military waste, and Kylie Lowe of Dark Down East has an article in Portland Monthly, and she describes it really 
great. So I'm going to use her words here because it's, it's mind blowing. So it was 40,000 tons of surplus munitions and chemical weapons at sea in the 1960s and 70s. Thousands of rockets filled with tanbin, sarin, and VX nerve gas ag uh, nerve agents or mustard gas were encased in coffin-like cement vaults, then transported from storage facilities to the coast by train and truck, putting each community along the route at risk. Ooh. Finally, decommissioned Liberty ships carrying these deadly gases in their concrete caskets were scuttled off the coast of Florida by opening the seacocks. Mary disappeared the day before the first train transports of Chase 10 began, long delayed by petitions, protests, and lawsuits filed in response to a widespread media coverage of a 1969 Pentagon leak. Wow. So Chase 10, so it's this is the 10th shipment. Yeah. And so the year before, like they've been doing this for a couple years, like maybe a decade or so now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and people found out in 1969 that this is what they've been doing. Mm -hmm. And they were about to send out their 10th load, as it were. And obviously this uh, this has upset some people. I would imagine so. I really this would. Really this really upset some really, people. Yeah, no, this would be very upsetting. I mean, how would you feel if... You found out, yeah, the government is putting you at an environmental. Yeah, that hazard. and also even at like even after they are dropped, these these big old caskets are dropped at sea. Yeah, the coast of Florida and all the communities there are still at risk. Yeah, yeah, they would be. Because we're yeah. just dropping this in the ocean. We're dropping this in the ocean. So. Lots of people were upset, and about two days before Mary's disappearance, a group of radical students in Kentucky had threatened to kidnap or harm family members of those involved in Operation Chase. Students in Kentucky that were, were they from Florida? No, it was just some radical, that's what they say, radical, radical students. students. Okay. Gotta watch out for those radical <laughs> Kentucky students. <laughs> right. So for 48 hours, family and law enforcement just they were waiting because mm -hmm. they had assumed that one of this, it, this was part of the threat that they were following through on the threat. And they, after two days had passed, they didn't hear anything and they were like, this is, we got to get moving. They're like, we cannot, we can't wait anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So police, U.S. military, and FBI all began their search in earnest, pushing flyers from Canada to Delaware in effort to find Mary, and then also um, doing group searches. And unfortunately, something that is brought up a lot is this is the height of summer. Like, or it's, it, it, August isn't really height of summer. I think July is, but like, it's still like super fucking busy. Yes. And a lot of people cite the um, the influx of tourists as something like a, something that probably really hindered the search efforts right and also with a lot of people coming and going of, yeah i was just thinking like everybody's just moving in and out all within a day sometimes yeah. like yeah that's really and a gunkwit isn't a gunkwit's not too far from the new hampshire border either i don't think oh no no it's like it's one of the first major towns you'd hit on Route 1. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's not, it's not, up, like, it's very, it's very easy to get out of the state as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. So they have a press conference on August 20th, which is, I'm how, sorry, many days, what? how many days after, so she disappeared on the 9th and now it's the 20th. Yeah, so that's, that's, just, that's nine days. 9th and 20th? That's 11 days. 11 days. Sorry. I can fucking math. Wow. I do math for my job, but I use a calculator. Everybody just <laughs> scrub that from your brain. Uh, I also wanted to mention there was a funny... I was listening to our last episode. Yeah. And uh, you were thinking about the bet total of what's available. And you were like, oh, $5 among 13 people. And then you said 55 It's 65 <laughs> Oh, okay. I, that's <laughs> no, not that bad, though. No, but it was still funny, though. Like, that's I, not bad. I was listening to that. I was like, I, I didn't catch it. So I was like, I did both do it. I did it on the calculator, <laughs> and I do think it said 65, but also my brain just was like, Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's hard talking on a microphone, guys. Oh no, that and also like I have a I I always say that I don't I'm not diagnosed with it, but I'm fairly certain I have dyscalculia because like I can read the number, but then when I it like goes into my brain and spits out my mouth, it's always the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Always. But I'm like looking at it and then people will be like, What? And I'm like, I meant this. <laughs> I'm literally looking at it. I have trouble reading numbers. So, 11 days, so they have a press conference on August 20th, 11 days after her disappearance, and Peter announced that he has his doubts about Mary's disappearance being linked to his work with Operation Chase, and police research also backed this up, and a lot of people also, there are kind of two camps now that are like, who was, who, like, on if the Kentucky students are involved, <laughs> because some people are like, yes. Yes, this totally makes sense. This is the only answer. But then there are some people that are like, you really expect a bunch of college students to like scuttle their way up from Kentucky to Maine to kidnap this one girl. And nobody, like nobody else, no, none of the other family members were. So. That's a fair, that is a fair. uh, Yeah. So, you know. It's so two days after this press conference, special policeman George Labarge is searching near the Riverhurst estate in Kennebunkport. As what, a, what an amazing name, Labarge. Labarge. <laughs> <laughs> so he he is. This is part of his daily efforts, and he knows that there is a barn on the property. It's a horse stall barn, and he goes in, and he finds Mary's partially obscured body covered by unbaled hay. Oh fuck. Her body was partly decomposed, and I think this is similar to the Mary Ellen Tanner uh, murder in the sense where, like, it's so fucking hot. Oh, the yeah. The decomp is happening so quickly. Yeah. Because it's only been 13 days, but, so... And who knows when she was left in there. Well, we'll get to that, We'll probably. get to that. She had died by strangulation with a rope. Allegedly, it was a lobster wrap, which is a very thick rope. Ooh, Traces of black hair and skin were found under Mary's fingernails, indicating that she fought back against her assailant. There are no other injuries on her body or evidence of sexual assault. Hmm. So whoever did this just wanted to kill her. Yeah. Most likely. A lot of new questions arose with the discovery of her remains, especially since it it had been indicated that the barn had been searched during those two weeks since her disappearance. Allegedly, LaBarge had returned to search the barn after his daughter had mentioned that there was a strange smell from the building. And the reason she would know is because teenagers would go and party at this barn. Ah, okay. Okay. So, she had been at a party and people were like, it fucking smells. Mm -hmm. It smells. Additionally, fingers were also pointed at some hippies that had been camping on the property during the search. Uh, they're always pointing the fingers at the hippies. Yeah, they were like, that's got to be it. Not the teenagers that were partying there. So, like, a lot of people use this property. I don't know if it's just not, like, managed, but, like, a lot of people sneak onto this property right. and use it for camping, for fishing, partying, you know, I... So I'm not 100% sure what the state of this property is like, but it's just sort of a local hangout spot. Yeah, yeah. So there are some hippies, I guess maybe they were from out of town, and people were like, it's got to be them. We're from Kentucky, man. (laughs) It's got to be them. Wait a second. (laughs) But eyewitnesses, the eyewitness from the motel had said the man was a Caucasian man in his mid-30s wearing dark clothing, and police confirmed that he did not look like a hippie. Okay. No tie-dye bandana on him, sir. (laughs) Like, they were like, probably... And that's the other thing, is like, if this... The guy that she got in the car with was in his 30s, probably not a college student. Right. Unless it's their professor. Did you hear them playing the dead? (laughs) (laughs) So I did find, so there's, there's a Reddit post on our unsolved mysteries from the Hortlack that also had a lot of information. And one of them that I thought was really fascinating that did also, I confirmed this in a couple different articles as well. 
Apparently, the location of the body had been predicted a week before by psychic Shirley Harrison, who was hired by Mary's aunt. She claimed the body would be found in an unpainted building on an old estate in the Kennebunk area. Okay, well, hang on. No. <laughs> the psychic had also been consulted in many crimes before and was notable for her connection to the Boston Strangler case, in which she predicted the occupation and location of the Strangler's next victim. Mary's parents also claimed that she, again, she was distrusting and would have only really gotten in the car with the man if she had had confidence in his character. So a lot of people believe that she may have been familiar with this man. Mm-hmm. Perhaps a local based on, like, they thought this could be a local person based on that and the fact that the perpetrator was apparently familiar with the barn. Very similar to the Mary Ellen yeah. Tanner case yeah. where this is a place where locals frequent. It's kind of not... You need to be on the need now. Exactly. So, I don't know what you think about the psychic. I don't believe in psychics. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, sorry. I it's, uh, it's interesting because in true crime, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but police hire psychics a lot. Why? <laughs> I feel like it happens in, cold, like, families and police and investigators will hire psychics. I don't, I think it's sometimes a last ditch effort. Yeah, it would be. So, you know, if we're going to go this route, I can just say I can flip a stick in the air for you for a hundred dollars and wherever direction it points to, we'll just go in so that what, direction. What do you think, though, about the fact that people know that she did say it, the body's going to be in Kenny Bunk, which is it's it's not a gunkwit, but it's not far from a gunkwit. She said it was in an old estate in an unpainted building. I think she killed her. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, I'm only hearing it from you, but it, so there is proof that she said this yeah. a week before and it's not some bullshit where she was like, that's what I said. You remember no. last week when I said all this? It's like you said See, a lot that, of things last that week. That I don't know. That I don't know. But it is common knowledge when you're talking about this case. And I, nobody's refuted that claim. So I would, I would look into it myself. Either she is connected to cosmic forces that we do not understand, or she's the murderer and she needs to be put down. She predicted the Boston Strangler. She is the Boston Boston Strangler! Strangler. (laughs) I think we just solved it, y'all. I think we did. (laughs) So Wouldn't that be uh, such a racket, though? If you were a psychic predicting where murders were going to occur, but you're the murderer. So, I love that. There is <laughs> another possible witness. So, 16-year-old Bob Walsh came forward once they found the body. Apparently, he had, like, once reports of the body being found came, he actually went to the crime scene and was like, I am give- I need to give you this statement because I may have some information that could help you. Mm. So, he is a... Kenny Bunk High School student, and he had been at the Riverhurst Estate with his friend on a couple occasions during those two weeks that Mary had been missing. Again, mm. parties. He yeah. also had a um, whoever was running the estate. He had a agreement with them that he could leave his fishing equipment on, like in the barn. So that because he was fishing on this property, and so he could just like leave it there and then head home, and it would be there when he needed it because this was his spot. Those owners would have been like, "You're the first person that's ever fucking asked to use that place." Yeah, we're overrun with hippies right now. <laughs> <laughs> so he had said that he hadn't he he and his friends hadn't spent much time there because that in those two weeks because of the smell, which is also allegedly what uh, Labarge's daughter had said. Yeah. And he, I can't confirm, like, I was looking at a couple different places. A lot of, there, like, a lot of the posts I got online, like, I got some stuff from Reddit. And I also got some stuff from a post on what's called Papa's Talk. And they were saying that he had allegedly heard some rustling around, the, like, he, but he just kind of was, like, obviously someone, there's some, people camping, whatever. So he kind of didn't pay any mind to it. Ah, uh, there's a hippie but, in the wall. Yeah. There's, <laughs> so, you know, on his way home, because his parents owned a motel not 
far from there, like on his way home, he also saw, like he heard a car start and saw the lights of a car. And he's like, that's weird. People usually don't fucking drive onto this property. I think people usually go by foot. So he gave them that information and just anything, any other things that he, details he thought would be pertinent. They asked him to take a polygraph test. So he submitted a written statement, took a polygraph. The details of the statement and the polygraph are still both protected as it, mm. even though it's a cold case, it's still an open case. So right. that, and I know that cause, uh, Kylie, Kylie Lowe had tried to contact the police and get information for this article. And they had said, nose goes. He eventually is cleared as a suspect. But that didn't prevent people from looking at him differently, and they nicknamed him Killer Bob. Killer Bob. People thought that he did it. What? The 16-year-old. Um, and, oh my God. like, he had also said, like, Kids, at, girls at his school would like be weary of him. People would look at him differently. He said eventually, they re because he was they had reelected him as president of the class. So he was like obviously they like whatever they had against me eventually went away. But he remained silent to the public because he was just kind of like, I gave the police my information. Like, it's an open case. Like, I'm not gonna fucking talk about it. But people mm. took his silence as a confession and oh guilt God. and um people said that it left room for assumptions and it's weird because he didn't even fit the suspect's description because he is not a 30 year old man you know kids will just like and he also he also did not have a car or a license yeah so <laughs> so he could not have been the one who picked her up and the other thing is, he said that he also lost a lot of friends because he was a snitch who ruined the local party spot by offering details to the police. There's a body in <laughs> there, guys! I, I said that last night to Allegra and Lily. I was like, what do you think ruined the party spot? This kid giving details to the police? Or a or body! Or the fucking body! Uh. Y'all said it stunk, so obviously it was... The, it, Cramped your style initially. Kids are fucking dumb, dude. But, Ugh. you know, he he was, a, you know, he continued to just live his life and, you know, do mm. his thing. I think now he is a tutor. He's retired because, again, this happened in the 70s, so now he is a grown-up. But that's pretty much it. No justice. Nope. Mary's mother passed away in 1998 and her father shortly after in 2000. They didn't see justice for their daughter. Um, and then also, the only other time they talked about it was an interview in 71. Hmm. And they didn't talk about it after that. Hmm. I don't... I... You know, they said that they didn't think it had anything to do with Operation Chase. I don't know if maybe they felt guilt... For not protecting her. I don't, I don't know. So many things. But, yeah, the, the case is unsolved. And it's been cold this whole time. You know, it's gone cold. And they don't have anything else. They have the description. They have the car. They have the description of the perp. Or suspect. And the car. And... And if the guy was, like, in his 30s then, he'd be in his 80s now. Like, mm -hmm. if he's still alive. I think a lot of people really... I think a lot of locals really wanted to believe that it wasn't somebody local. They wanted to think maybe it was a tourist or it was one of those Kentucky students. And then there were some people who were like, nope, it was definitely Bob Walsh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Poor Bob. But, and, and that's also kind of frustrating, too, you know, when you have, when you want to do the right, you know, he seems just like a 16-year-old kid who wanted to do the right thing. Well, well, yeah, like, what would anybody else do? Or, like, all these other kids saying, like, oh, if I saw a body, I wouldn't say shit about it or whatever. And he didn't see the body. Well, yeah, he didn't see he the body. He didn't see the body. He, he was like just, like, weird. He, he confirmed that there was a smell. There was something else. He confirmed that. that there probably are other people who also knew that there was a smell. And mm -hmm. he confirmed yeah. that, you know, he told them, you know, I experienced something kind of out of the ordinary. And I don't know if that can help you. Mm -hmm. You know? 
especially for somebody who does go there, who frequents that area, I think that it is important to know if something out of the ordinary happens. We're in the local party spot. <laughs> but that's the other thing. Is it, remind, it does remind me of Gracie Airfield in the Mary Ellen Tanner case because it's like it's a local spot. Yeah. I don't know how out of the way it is, but it's obviously out of the way enough that nobody caught these fucking kids partying all these times unless they were just sort of like yeah i'll let them party <laughs> maybe <laughs> i will whatever <laughs> there so, i mean the it's, yeah there might be that yeah there's really not a lot i don't i am inclined to believe that maybe it doesn't have anything to do with her dad's work i am also i mean they did ask for a ransom they didn't. Um, oh, they didn't ask for a ransom. Yeah, they were waiting for a ransom waiting. call, but it okay, never they came. Waiting for the ransom call, right? Ugh. Okay. And it makes sense to like. I don't think a bunch of fucking college students are gonna follow through on physically harming somebody. Not not the ones from Kentucky, at least. Yeah. No. <laughs> just, all the, just the amount of time, like the Operation Chase was stationed, like he was stationed in Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. I assume that it would be easier to target them rather than... But some people are like, oh, but the day she went missing, she was wearing a shirt that had the name of the army base that her de- like that they lived on in Illinois. So they obviously knew that it was Peter Olinchuk's daughter. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of like... And also, as they kind of stated, the police investigation was leading to believe this is not related to the operation um, it just it it, seems, it sucks it sucks that, that that i think it's a coincidence yeah and i think the reason and it, i think i think it's a coincidence it has to be a coincidence this is just another case of like we were you were saying earlier the 70s is just rife with like this period of unsolved disappearances murders there'd be a lot of stuff we'll be covering and the, from the and 70s. again this happened like this is in the same exact area yeah as Mary Ellen Tanner. Do you think that they're that connected? Some people think they are. It is a similar it's... situation, you know. Mary was also picked up. Mary Ellen Tanner was also picked up by somebody in a car. And again, this is a very similar area. So And Mary Ellen Tanner 17, Mary Ellen Chuck is 13. Mhm. And like when you look at their pictures, they do, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of that same, like, very young, very pretty girl, and maybe, They're it, you know, yeah. I, and, but they are a couple years apart, but also that doesn't mean that someone's not. Just a fucking monster, yeah. Yeah. Who no. knows? But in this instance, I, I know it, some people might say, it's too much of a coincidence, but also, I don't know. It's just, unless there's a local that was disgruntled about it, but I don't think it's the Kentucky students. No. Personally, I don't think, I don't so, think so. No. Especially it's, the placement within the barn. That seems too It seems, specific. it seems local. But at or the at same, least somebody who but, is but there in the summer, maybe. Who at knows? the same time, though, like... If they were lo- local, they would know that this was a significant party spot. Like, But why? it's not like they really tried to hide her either. No, they didn't really try to the hide way her. that it... Because the way that they said is it, it was like, she was an undead... Just kind of partially covered in the Yeah, veil. it was obscured yeah. is the word that is used most often. My other thing is like, if she's obscured... It's like a door at hide and seek. Like, where, where's, where's Swiper? Swiper? Oh, he's right behind the rock. I see him right there. Yeah, yeah. Swiper, no swiping. But it's... My brain was just sort of like, swipe or no swiping, you should make a swipe left joke. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't know how to do it. Swipe left on swiper. But I just needed everyone to know that that's what just waddled through my mind. It's, my other thing is like, I don't know if the people were hanging out in the barn and it's like, if it smelled, 
and she was only partially obscured, how did nobody that was there find the body if George George LaBarge found it seemingly so easily? There are a lot of things that are weird. And also, when did it get there? Because people said, like, we don't know when exactly people pinpointed the smell in the barn, but we do know that it was searched within those two weeks. Mm -hmm. So she may have been... You know, there are a lot of questions and a lot of, like, a couple holes, a little bit like Swiss cheese. (laughs) And, you know, maybe everybody was just way too drunk to know. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they just thought it was a girl passed out in the hay. Oh, God. And I, I personally do think that they, that there probably are more people who could have come forward with a similar story to Bob Walsh being like, yeah, it smelled. Yeah, I definitely believe that somebody may have seen or you know, but young kids maybe aren't as. Oh, ruin the party spot, bro! (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that I, you know, I don't know if young teenagers would necessarily like pick up on things that are like out of the ordinary if they're partying. Bob Walsh happened to be out there fishing. Yeah. So he was not intoxicated or inebriated or you know under the influence of anything so that's why he was like something's not right i don't know it's really sad and again like it's one of those things where it's like man cut it out (laughs) you know this area it's this it's this area and a gunquit is like god damn it search this area stop it Yeah. No, that was incredibly depressing, and um, I don't know. I'm kind of on the on the side of like, yeah, maybe they are related. I really do think maybe they are. It's it's super possible. Seeing you know again, kind of have the same type. Both were picked up in a similar area. Yeah. Also, kind of both dropped in a similar way dropped in a similar way just kind of like left yeah because yeah mary ellen was also just kind of dropped off not really in well like a hidden. local area in the local area yeah not well hidden either and i feel like there's also something to be said about like the way that bodies are hidden or dropped it's like you know some people actually actively try and hide them mm-hmm. and then there are other people that it's almost as if they want the body to be found you know, not necessarily that they want to be found out, but that they are like, okay, I want someone to be able to, like, pick up the body and, you know, take care of them or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I've done what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. But, yeah, it's... And it, it, this is one of those ones where I'm like, I don't know if it's ever going to be solved. But apparently, I think that they may talk of. I think from what I also saw kind of popping around the internet, they might talk a little bit about... Mary Olin Chuck in the Girl on the Bridge documentary. Yeah. Because, again, these cases are kind of a package deal. Yeah, they are. Where a lot of people discuss them. If they remember Mary Olin Chuck, they also remember Mary Olin Oh, Tanner. yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yes. Yeah. So, because there was someone who was talking about it who said that she was a year old when Mary Olin Chuck was found and was nine when... Mm-hmm. Mary Ellen Tanner disappeared. So there's an eight. Year, so there are eight years between the two of them. I had an eight year gap. Hmm. But there are a lot of serial killers who do have a cooling off period. They do, yeah, they. So I don't know. They I don't do. know. It's a, like I would be like, I'd be interested to know other. I kind of can see what a lot of other people's thoughts are, just based on sort of reading comments on the articles and on Reddit and just sort of the discussion, but. Again, if anybody has information, always re- you know, always reach out to the you know, the tip hotline for the main investigative units. We'll put that in the description. I'll put it in the description. We should just do that for all of our cold cases at this point. Yeah, but, we should. Yeah. You know. But yeah, that's what I've got for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what to say after that. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, what well, <sighs> you know. Yeah. Like, it's also an interesting, like, relatively 
well, I mean, we're getting into the summer now. Um, I don't know. Here's a mainism. Hey, hey, it's a mainism. I don't know if this is really a mainism, but it's more like a main thing that I like. I love it, in fact. And we're going to be going to a couple games uh, in the future. I'm talking about the Portland Sea Dogs. If you like baseball and you like just... I can't believe it took us this long to talk about the Sea Dogs. I tried really hard to hold off, but yeah, yeah I just want to talk Take about the Sea Dogs today. Take me out to the ball, ball game. game. Take me out to the park. <laughs> but yeah, the Portland Sea Dogs is a, is a great way to spend your afternoon. I love baseball because it's it's very low effort yeah, I think <laughs> to we be talk, a participant. I think we talked effort. about it last... <laughs> no? No, because actually we went to the game before we started the podcast. That's true, we did. So, because Allegra just... It's also funny, Allegra just found the ticket from last year. Oh. Yeah, we so we went because my work was giving out tickets, and we went to see the Sea Dogs play against the Philadelphia Phillies. Nice. You were there. I know. <laughs> I was there. I the way was you just said that was nice. so removed. Yeah. Oh, nice. That was but there. They, yeah, and they were, because sometimes the Sea Dogs has themed nights, so they were the whoopie pies that night. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We did post, We did talk about that. We posted a picture of the whoopie pie mm-hmm. mascot, which is terrifying. It is awful. I'd, I'd skip that. <laughs> But yeah, the Sea Dogs is a really awesome. It's uh, fun. But for anybody that's interested, they're a double A affiliate for the Red Sox, so that just means they're like a farm team. Uh, the Triple A affiliate, I believe, is the Port is uh, the Bridgeport Bluefish, unless they've changed that recently. Connecticut. In Connecticut, yes. Ah, Bridgeport, Connecticut. <laughs> Disgusting place. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a. This stadium's a lot nicer, and you don't breathe in smokestacks while you're uh, sitting around there. Um, check it out. The beer is just as expensive as everywhere else, but it's still a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I liked it. It was fun. And I think part of it was like, I know our wives were kind of like... Not thrilled. Because I was actually really into it, so... I was really, really into Emily said it. she enjoyed it, but I don't know if I believe her. <laughs> I don't believe her because here's here's what happened. I would be like into it and like, yeah, because it was, I think it was, it was like Allegra, me, Emily. No, it was, no, it was me on the end, Allegra, Emily, you. No, yeah, I was on the end. And way. so you and I were both like, yeah, really into it. And yeah. so, because I put them together because I was like, please just like. Hang out. Hang or, out. If yeah. you got, because I know Allegra was gonna get bored. She always does. And I think she brought her knitting. Did you bring her knitting that time? No. No. Okay. She doesn't knit. She or crochet or whatever. She looms. Oh. She's a loom. <laughs> she um, would bring that. <laughs> but Emily kept reaching over Allegra to show me stuff on Instagram. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like. I'm watching the game. She does that when we watch movies, too. No, yeah. It's like, Squirrel, here's Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it happened when we were watching Marrowbone. She started having a conversation with me about something totally different in the middle of the movie. And I'm like, I'm really enjoying this. Can we talk after, please? <laughs> please? Because Allegra wasn't there that time to sort of, like... Right. You know, but yeah, she'd find something that I would like, and instead of just like saving it for later, she's like, "I'm gonna show you I now." Show you now. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. Maybe it was fun, like being outside, and like there are some fun, like the the games are fun. Little, the little like stupid gimmicky games in between the innings or, is like, always the, fun. You know, Slugger does a dance party with kids. Yeah, like, yeah, that's so always fun. hilarious. Yeah, Allegra, like Allegra was like it was nice, but like after a while, she gets very tired and kind of bored I understand. It. It's uh, it's not the most exciting game, and there are a lot of games I've been to where it's just like, yep, no, well, this was uh, pretty smart fest. Yeah, but, that, but that's the funny thing, though, because, like, baseball is just such a long game, but the exciting part is when you have one really good inning mm-hmm. where it's like it just flips the entire game. It's like, holy shit, they just got seven runs out of yeah. nowhere, you know? Like, I love being at a game when that happens, and it's not yeah. just a back So, forth. also for background... Allegra and I took our school, our middle school took us on two trips. One was to 
Baltimore, and the other one was to Philly. Mm-hmm. And they were like for the seventh grade. I think for seventh grade it was Baltimore. For eighth grade it was Philly. And we went to Red Sox games twice. One, the first one was uh, I want to say it was the Orioles. Is that the Baltimore team? Yes. And then what is the Philly team? Uh, Phillies. I think it's also the Phillies. Phillies, Yeah. (laughs) I think it's also the Phillies. So, um, it was fucking boring. It was fucking boring. So yeah, that was like part of the trip. Was like we're taking you to a ball game, and Allegra and I were both like, no. And again, also like this was back. Allegra and I were both, you know, pre goth. Yeah. So we went through a phase that was a little bit more like emo in uh-huh. middle school. Yeah. Emo scene. Trying really hard to be seen. Yeah. I wanted seen girl hair so bad. Everybody wanted to be so seen. So bad. Back so in the day. that's sort of what we did. And then like we evolved into I evolved into kind of A pastel goth and B Victorian goth. And Allegra was just like 80s goth all the way through. Like <laughs> All the way through. Yeah, my girl. My girl. (laughs) Like, the Cure, Joy Division, like, (laughs) the Smiths, just alien sex cult all the way through. I wore a uh, hemp hood, and that was my personality. Oh, no. (laughs) But yeah, so Allegra and I were both just sort of like, we don't get the sports. I grew up and I was like, you don't have to define somebody by their love of sports. A lot of people, a lot of people still do. And they're like, I'm so different because I don't like sports. <laughs> Just like there's one podcast I listen to, which I'm not going to talk about who they are. But like sometimes it gets on my nerves a little bit when they're like, I don't understand the out of doors. And I'm like, that's fine. But don't make it your personality. <laughs> yeah, no, that's kind of weird. <laughs> like, I get it. You're so different. You're so quirky. <laughs> I get it. That's okay. I think and that's okay. It's just like, you I think know. it's a little sad if you can't appreciate being outside or like yeah. looking at nature or looking at a tree. But whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. There, and like yeah. I said, there's still a lot of people that are like, I'm so quirky because I don't like the sports like everyone else does. <laughs> and I'm like, I love it. Not, and the thing is like, not, yeah. not everybody who likes sports like the same sports. That's true. Yeah. I like, I've had eyes like look at me weirdly when I say I like baseball more than other sports. Cause I like, like baseball yeah. like more than football. I do too. Yeah, I like baseball. Baseball's my favorite sport. Um, I do like watching it over other games. Just as, but not watching it on TV. I just And that goes for every sport. I don't really like watching sports on TV. I like being there. Yeah. You know? I think the other thing is I find them all engaging if a lot of like things are happening. Yes. yes. But a lot of the like a lot of the football games that I've been to are very stop and go. Mm-hmm. And it's just like <laughs> baseball. <laughs> baseball at least something is always like it's sort of like it's always there's a flow. It's a flow. Yeah. That I'm like okay, I get it. I'm here. I understand what's happening. There's very I few like, like hard stops in the action. It just yes. kind of like it's a shift usually. I like soccer. Soccer's great. I like. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching hockey. During the Olympics, I love Olympic sports. We all know I love Olympic sports. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, I really enjoyed myself going to Sea Dogs. Well, you're gonna get more opportunities. So I have some tickets that are from an April eighth game that I was gifted recently. So I'm gonna exchange those so we could go like anytime. Um, Hell yeah! And then I've got five. I have a package. I have five other tickets. Uh, that I currently have that Fuck are yeah. scheduled for future games. And I would take Emily to some. I figured I'd take you to Please some. Please do. I yeah. really enjoy it. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. So there we go. But Portland Sea yeah, Dogs, guys. Ex- yeah, I'm really excited. Like things, you know, things are getting warmer. It's I'm so excited for... I'm not excited about the rising case numbers, but I am no, excited I to be outside. I saw a map. We're not doing very well no. up here. <laughs> like this area is in the red. Yeah, no, strongly. we're we got the highest numbers right now across the country. And it's kind of funny because it's like you guys were pretty fairly untouched for most of it. I know. I think it's because we, you know, we got used to that. Yeah. <laughs> we got used to that. So yeah, yeah, so I guess we can end with saying like 
stay safe. Stay safe. Wear you your, know, keep, yeah. you know, wear your keep, mask. Wear your mask indoors. <laughs> keep taking care of, you know, enjoy enjoy what, what we have. Don't make it worse. Yeah. And continue to take care of yourself. Drink some elderberry syrup. <laughs> I don't know how crowded the Portland Sea Dogs are right now either. So. I mean, it's still... It's, it's not, outside at it's, least. Yeah, it's outside. It's also not, like, necessarily warm, which is why... Because I know... That there was, like, opening, the opening weekend was not warm. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I do like going sort of more in the summer. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, even at night when it starts to drop, it's not cold. Oh, it's not so bad. But, yeah. But, yeah, continue taking care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. And we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> My sources for today are 51 Years Cold by Kai Lee Lowe, a Reddit post from Our Unsolved Mysteries by The Hortlap, Tapas Talk post by Katie's Back, MissNightTerrors.wordpress.com, and TrueCrimeDiva.com. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to us on our Twitter at HGHPod or on our Instagram at HomegrownHorrorPod. We hope to see you again soon.